0: Welcome to Episode 12 of The Process Have Faith
1: in my life, I had to learn my lessons. I had to keep that smile, but deep inside, I'm stressing. i was trying to keep my spirits from that deep depression. It's time to tighten up. I put my pride down and pick that Bible up. Bible up. Welcome to episode 12 of The Process. I am Quavon Taylor. And I am Amante Martin.
0: Today, we have Mr. Artist Brown Jr. on the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Mr. Brown. Thanks for having me, you guys. Can you uh,
2: tell the people about where you from? Well, I'm from Miami, Florida. Uh, Grew up in a neighborhood called Brown Sub. Also lived in another neighborhood called Overtown.
0: Overtown and Brown Sub.
2: What was it like growing up uh, there in Miami, in that part of Miami, you know, where people may not be too familiar with that side? Well, growing up in Miami, man, I mean, it it, it was rough, man. I mean, uh, it's sad to say, but as you grow up, it's either you either strive to be a football player and want to make it to the NFL, or the
0: next thing to that is selling dope. Yeah, wow. How did how did you navigate that line? You know what I'm saying? How did you walk that line between football and dope? Like, What's your story?
2: Um, For me, I was blessed to uh, have both of my parents, and my parents always instilled in me morals, values, and principles, respect, and, you know, that's how I, I was able to, you know, navigate through that or what have you, because I always wanted to be something. I always wanted to make something out of my life. So I mean, getting in trouble, getting involved with things of that nature at that moment wasn't really a distraction for me. Uh, what What were
0: some struggles you had to face uh, or overcome while living in Miami? I mean, um, when I
2: think about it, um, I guess the everyday struggles that anyone grow up and face uh, through their childhood or adolescent years I mean, no matter where you go, no matter where you live, you know, it's going to be shootings, drugs and, you know, things of that nature. But you have to be able to say to yourself, do I want to go left, which is the wrong way, or do I want to go right, which is the positive way? And again, for me, the morals, the values and the principles that my parents instilled in me, I wanted to, you know, make something out of myself.
0: What, what what did you aspire to be? You know, growing up, you know, everybody has that dream job or that dream career. What what was it for you? Was it football, or what was? It? For me, man, it was making it to the NFL and
2: being a running back man. Oh yeah, did you play running back? Did you play college ball? Yeah, I played uh, running back all my life. And my senior year um, at Miami Central High School, the home of the Rockets, uh, going into that senior year, my coach put me to the side. And was like. Artists, we want you to play a slot receiver. And I'm like, why coach? You know, I love running back. He was like, well, you have the best hands. You're real quick. You're a disadvantage over the linebacker. So if we get you in the open field as quick as possible, we know you can make things happen. And you too light to take that everyday pounding, that every down pounding. So I took the challenge and, you know, I played receiver, kickoff return, punt return. And um, I ended up going to college.
0: What was was a a major
2: hurdle you had to overcome? Wow, one major hurdle that I had to overcome was going to prison, getting back into into society, and then I also went to college after I got out of prison. But once I graduated college, I think the biggest hurdle that I had to face, man, was society looking at me and not giving me another opportunity, not giving me a chance and looking at my felony. I mean well, I've been I I, I it hurt us so much, man, because it was like I paid my debt to society. I gave you guys the time, but then when I get back into society, I have a college degree, but you guys don't wanna give me that second chance. So that was that was that was a that was that was one of the biggest hurdles I faced
0: in my life today. Yeah, that, that can be a huge hurdle, man, to to do something. You know what I'm saying. Serve the time, like you said, and when you get out, still serve the time in the sense. You know what I mean. uh top, So, so what happened? So let's start from the beginning. What what happened uh, to lead you to you know to go to prison? Um, how was how was that that process of getting through prison? I mean, you know, um living that street
2: life. You know, I did some things that I'm not proud of till today, and. Um, my mother, you know, she always kept at 100 with me, and her way of saying was, was, if you can't stand the heat, get out the kitchen. If you make your bed hard, you have to lay in. it. If you can't do the time, don't do the crime. So hearing that all through my life, I was out there doing things that I had no business doing, but I understood and knew the consequences of those. So I ended up going to prison, man, for, you know, some things that I, I'm not proud of. My time in prison gave me an opportunity to reflect on the bad choices and decisions that I made but also while I was sitting in college that was the time where God spoke to me and said you was too busy for me when you was out in the streets now I have a little time to talk to you you ready to listen mm-hmm. and at that moment I started to revert and think about the things that I did that made me happy so I had dreams of going to college and playing football And um, four years, man, when I was released from college, I mean, released from uh, prison, man, I ended up going to uh, St. Augustine's College Slash University. And when I went there, that team hadn't had a football team in over 30 years. But God put it in my spirit to approach the dean of the school. And I told her, I said, what it is or what can I do to expedite the situation that would bring a football team to the uh, college. So at that moment, I didn't understand the courage. I didn't understand that when I went to prison, God gave me the vision. He gave me the opportunity to just reflect on myself and realize that I have a purpose in life. And, man, I'm just blessed to say that I had 500 people sign a petition, man. And that next year, uh, they brought football back to St. Augustine's College Slash University. Wow. And not only that, man, I prayed that I had opportunity to play football with my younger brother, who was four years younger than me, man. And God allowed that to happen. So when you speak about faith, when you speak about being in prison, but God speaking to you in prison in a place such as that and revealing to you The courage that he gave you Revealing to you that If you only have faith The size of a mustard seed You can say to this mountain Move from here to there That was me When I got to that college Spoke to several people On several occasions They was telling me Man you crazy man They have been trying to get a football team Here since blah 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 This and that But Understanding my purpose Understanding the faith that I had They brought the team back
0: I, what, what kind of feeling I know sometimes I want to ask something about when you realize your purpose you know what I'm saying like I feel like sometimes we go through life almost purposeless like we just we just live, it, if you will but how do you How how is that feeling when you realize that God put something on your life and he put it on your shoulders. you know
2: what I mean man it's it's an unexplainable feeling bro like even to this day He's still showing me through people what my purpose is. And for me to go to prison, for me to see people that I played optimist football with, played high school football with, people that told me they looked up to me or they came to see me every Friday at Trash Power Stadium. I mean, God was sending different people in your life to share a little thing about you that you didn't even know you had. And then you said to yourself, are you for real? Are you serious? So, God had to sit me down to get my attention because sometimes, man, He tried to get our attention, but we be too busy. We ripping and running the streets. We doing this, we doing that. We giving everybody our time, but Him. So, I mean, the feeling of saying that I had a dream in prison, but didn't have an opportunity to see that dream come true in college, man, it, 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 it's an unbelievable feeling, man. And one thing it has done for me. My faith, bro, is, is like over the roof, man. Like, yeah, I'm crazy. I have crazy faith. Yeah, I am crazy. I do believe the impossible will become possible. I be, I do believe if somebody tell me something will happen, I do believe it can happen.
1: But he, because because he's just shown me that on several occasions. So, what is the most common reason for people failing or giving up on life? Wow, man. Uh, I really can't speak
2: for uh, everyone. But my wisdom knowledge, and understanding of what I've overcome and the things that I could have easily gave up on. Sometimes, man, it, it, it's hearing the word, no. You know what I'm saying? When somebody tell you no, that don't mean it can't happen. It just means that that moment is not your time. And that's what I've experienced, man, throughout my life. I was told, no, plenty of times. But I didn't give up because, like I say, it's something about those principles, those morals, those values that my parents instilled in me that, man, there's always somebody worse than you. So, yeah, I'm going through. Yeah, I feel like giving up. But when you listen to somebody else's story or their testimony, it'll make you say, well, I'm not really in a bad situation. Well, I'm not really going through what I thought I was going through. So I mean, it's a lot of things, man, that allow people to give up, bro. And it's, that's why I understand that my purpose to motivate, inspire, encourage, uplift, but most importantly, give hope to the hopeless. I understand. I wanted to give up plenty of times, but it just was something in in, in me, man. Again, just hearing my my parents' voice, man, just
1: knowing that I had people count on me that I just I just couldn't give up. What would what would you give a younger dude lost in Miami trying to find a way out? What was some advice would you give him?
2: Some of the advice I would give a young man from Miami Dade County. I asked him to sit down and just talk to me. I asked him to follow my IG page, to follow my Facebook page, and to look at my post. Because I'm a truth and I'm a living testimony that faith without works is dead don't go weary in due season for you share a reap if you faint not you know what I mean like I'm going to live a testimony man that it can happen so that's what I would do because I know my purpose I know that what I say I know my actions speak louder than my words and I know if I just get an opportunity just to talk to a young man and ask him
1: is your will to give up more important than your will to keep going? Tell me about your transition from prison to college. How was
2: it? It, 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 was, it was, like I say, man, right now to this day, it, it's, it's something that keeps me going. It's something that reminds me that, again, faith without works is dead. If you only have faith the size of a mustard seed, and when I stepped on that college campus, man, knowing that I was in prison, I had dreams of going back to school. I had dreams of playing college football. I had dreams of playing football with my younger brother who was four years younger than me. I had number one, he had number two. And to walk around that campus and see news articles and things I need to talking about my life and where I came from. Man, right now it's bringing tears in my eyes because God say I made the impossible possible. He said, I'm gonna use you. And sometimes we say, use me, Lord, when we really don't fully understand, man, what we gotta go through for him to use us to get other people's attention. So I would say to all the listeners, make sure when you say use me, Lord, I hope you're not saying it so you can look like you're a holder than thou or you, whatever the case may be make sure you know when you say use me lord you're gonna have to go through some things i'm gonna live a testimony of that but when you come out if you just be obedient if you just follow his instructions because His word says the plans that i have for you are plans of good plans to give you a hope in the future all we got to do is trust him bro and i'm telling you man when you just trust that process when you just trust his plans when you let him navigate Bruh, you will get to the promised land. It may take a long time,
1: but I promise when you get there, it's going to be all worth it. What advice would you give to a person in prison or in jail about to get reintroduced to society? Take it one day at a
2: time. Don't let the nose that you may hear because you're a convicted felon deter you from all your goals and your dreams. Again, I'm a living testimony. I've been on many interviews, and then we got, when they got to that question that says, have you ever been convicted of a felony? If yes, check and put, I will explain or check no. And most of the time you want to be honest because you don't want your employer to later on find out that you were convicted of a felony. So you wanna be honest and I was honest plenty of times and that honesty got me without a job. So you're going in here, no, but from the bottom of my heart, from the depths of my soul, keep going, man. Keep going, don't quit, don't quit. You know why? Because I have a high school diploma. I have a college degree in criminal justice, the BS. I have a forklift certification. I have a personal trainer certification. I have a Class A CDL license. So listen, all those no's just push me further. It's a saying, there has to be a way. I'm not going back to prison. There has to be a way. And for all those guys that really may not understand the fear where I'm coming from, yes, hearing all those no's, I did think about going back to the streets. I did think about going back selling dope. But listen, it was something inside of me, that faith that said, you know what? You got to keep going. Hearing my parents' voice. You know what I'm saying? So listen, man, it's going to be tough, bro. But you got to keep going. You got to keep going. You got to have faith.
0: The artist Brown, what
2: would you give, you know, the younger artist Brown. Wow. Um, I tell a man I'm proud of. You through all the uh, trials, tribulations, the obstacles, I tell him that I'm very proud of him because I'm I'm, I'm proud of his resilience. I'm proud of his tenaciousness. I'm proud of him for not giving in to all the no's that he heard up until this point in his life because he could have easily given up. But when I look at him, I look at him and say, man, (laughs) I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Now you understand your purpose. Now you understand why you went through all the things that you went through because now you can reach back. And again, motivate, inspire, encourage, uplift, but most importantly, get hope to the hopeless. So I'm proud of them. I'm proud of the maturation process. I'm proud of them and I love them.
1: You have been in the street life you have seen it from and dealing with the street life being in the street life to transforming into a professional give me a glimpse of the street life in artist brown's perspective and what needs to change well
2: um uh, being that i'm a little older now man and um when i was in the streets uh things are different now than they were back then um Most guys back then got in the streets because maybe they grew up, you know, in a little poverty. They weren't able to wear the, you know, name brand clothing or whatever, you know, because of their parents' bad choices or decisions. Or just because their parents wasn't financially stable at that moment. So a lot of guys end up going to the streets and selling dope because they were able to provide, and it's sad to say, and be the man of their household buy the groceries keep the lights on and things of that nature so back then you know a lot of guys went to the streets man because they got tired of you know living in poverty and um for me man the street life, man i'm I'm, I'm gonna keep it 100 bro the streets don't love me never loved me and never will never cared about me and never will so any young man that's in the streets thinking the streets love you man the streets don't care nothing about you Catch a case, see how I many of them guys gonna come to court and speak on your behalf. Go to prison. See how I many of them guys you can call, collect. See how I many of them guys gonna come and see you. Nine times out of 10, they're gonna be trying to holler at your wife, your baby mama, or whatever the case may be, and things of that nature. But man, there's no rules to the streets, man. I mean, I live the street life, bro. It wasn't about the fame or the name for me. I did it because I had to provide. For my daughter and the thing about it i wasn't your average street guy because i get up in the morning i go look for a job then i go on the block after my interview so i get up in the morning man from 8 to 12 i'm looking at jobs i'm going to apply for jobs i'm filling out application and then i go stay on the block and the thing about me while i'm standing on the block i'm thinking about going to college and playing football to going to the NFL. I'm thinking about things that most of the street guys don't think about. And then again, too, man, you know, you could be a real good dude in the street, and they're gonna be always a dude on the other side, man, looking at you like, man, I want to rob that nigga, man. Oh, he got all the women. Oh, what it is about him? You know what I mean? He stay fly, like. Instead of coming up to you and asking you, hey, man, you know, and it's sad. I'm not condoning of it, but when you in it, you in it. What's wrong with going up to a guy? If you in the game, hey, man, how you get the way you get at, man? You know what I'm saying? Give me a little knowledge. Give me a little wisdom. Instead of trying to rob a brother or take from a brother when he already out here doing wrong, probably trying to provide for himself. But the streets, man, it, 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 it's one thing about the streets, man. You either gonna go to prison for the rest of your life or you gonna get killed. And a lot of these guys get in the streets for the wrong reason. And my thing is this. If you gonna be in the streets, bro, be all the way in. Cause I'm gonna tell you something. And, and a lot of people need to understand this. Whenever you get into a beef or altercation with somebody, a real street dude, Man, wherever I see you at, it's going down. Most guys talk that street life, they talk that gangster stuff, but then they want the a peace tree when they see that guy they were just talking to and beefing with is really on his game. And see, you got guys out here, man. Again, bro, it's sad. But one thing about the streets, man, you can't be in the streets, man, and then go into your mama house being around your kids, being around your girl, when you just went and robbed somebody and took all their dope, when you just sold somebody some bad dope, when you just shot at a guy and all that, and then you think you can go to your mama house, go around your kids, go around your wife, your girlfriend, or whoever the case may be, and think if a brother see you over there and that's his only time they get you, he not gonna take your shot. And that's what I'm saying, people get in the street they want to be in the streets. They want the fame and all that for being a street guy, but don't understand what come with it. I live that life, bruh. It was time where I didn't go a whole week without eating or showering, man, because I had to take care of some business. Am I proud of it? No. Nope. But anytime you beefing or you going through something with somebody, man, and you sleeping, While they hunting, nine times out of ten, you about to be expired. It may be over for you because you sleeping and he hunting. And see, that's the difference between a real street guy and a guy that's sitting out here playing for the Instagram likes, for the Facebook likes, just for the attention. When you got a guy that say, you know what? I'm out here to get my paper. I respect everybody. But the minute this guy wanna take it there, after we done tried to talk, we tried to compromise, we tried to do everything possible to prevent violence. But then you got some of these guys that are always trying to prove a point, always wanna act like they tough, wanna show off and all that. When this other guy has gotten to that point where he said, you know what? I gotta take care of my business. And we losing too many young brothers, man, the older brothers, man, in the street game because everybody don't understand what come with it, man. You can't get in this game playing, man. You either in or you out. You either in or you out. And it's sad to see when I turn on the news and hear about how many people dying, man, constantly and constantly, man. That street life, man, ain't where that. And then what trips me out, man. I've been going to TGK, man, speaking to them kids, man, for over 10 years, bro. And when I go in there and I speak to some of these kids, man, I look at some of these kids' face, and these kids pull me to the side and say, man, I'm scared. And I say, scared of what? Man, I'm going to prison for 30, 40, 50 years. And I ask them, I say, you want to think about that when you was out there flossing? You was out there showing off? You weren't that there about that then? And that's what I tell you guys, look here, man. If you gonna live this street life, man, just understand the consequences that come with it. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of things, man, that take it to being a street guy. But that's why I can sit up here and talk about it. You know why? Because as an ex and a former street guy, again, I got a high school diploma. I have a BS degree in criminal justice. I have a forklift certification. I have a CDL commercial driver license. I have a personal trainer certification, so I can sit back and I can say what I just said because I'm proof,
1: and my face still clean. What programs and initiatives do you think should be in place for the youth today?
2: Wow, that's um, that's that's a great question. Um, first and foremost, man, I think um being that a lot of things have changed in today's society, I mean, technology at this all-time high, uh, I think programs should be set in place for uh, the youth today. Should be programs that will allow them, most importantly, to read, write, to comprehend, understand the importance of uh, investing, Saving. I mean, I think it should be programs that will allow them to have no other choice but to be successful. And what I mean by that is academic and refrigeration. You always need an academic I mean, uh, computer technology. I mean, we all know, you know, where the computers are and where they're headed in the next five to 10 years. I mean just things man that will allow our kids to understand that sports is not the only way out and I'm tired of hearing it I'm tired of seeing it and I'm just tired of our youth just thinking that sports is the way I mean sports is not the only way so I think a lot of entrepreneurship programs should be put in place for our youth to understand um that they all have talents, they all have gifts. But if you could just tap into that gift that can turn into a a, a career for you, and you can make an, a make a living off it, then I think you know that'd be a, a great thing. So, who is Artist Brown Jr. today? Artist Brown Jr. today is a is the son of the Most High God. He's a father, he's a husband, he's a brother, he's a motivational speaker, he's a life coach, he's a mentor, he's a personal trainer, and he's only a piece of dirt that God decided to blow life into so that he can motivate, inspire, encourage, uplift, and give hope to the hopeless. That's who Artist Brown
0: Jr. is. So, uh, you know, as Clay knows, uh, one of my favorite scriptures is Philippians uh, one twelve. Um, basically, everything that has happened to me has happened to advance the gospel, and I, I feel like your story, man, you're a living testimony. You're a living uh, representation of that scripture. And I appreciate you for coming on and sharing your knowledge with us. Uh, we'll have to get you back on. But are there any last words that you want to leave with the people? Wow,
2: man, I'd be all day, man. <laughs> um, but um wow, um the last of the words that I want to lead to the people is this. We're gonna go through trials and tribulations. Because John 1633 says, In this world there will be trials and tribulations. But in me, you shall overcome all of that. So my thing is this. Surround yourself around credible people that not only can tell you, but they can show you that they have been through some things, but they also have overcome those things. I'd be kidding you, man, if I tell you, man, life, man, it, it's tough. I mean, it's tough, bro. Like, uh, again, I, I thought about giving up plenty of times, man. But again, in those quiet moments, man, when you all alone and God speak to you and say, my son, my daughter, if you only just hold on, if you just believe in me, if you just trust that i take you where you want to go, but there's some things that I have to work on within you. Because when I bless you, I'm not going to add any sorrow with it. I'm not going to say like men and women do, man, I shouldn't have did that.' man, I shouldn't have did that. What I'm going to say is, well done, my good and faithful serving. You went through the process. You went through the fire. I was sitting right above, like a coach, like a uh, college coach, sitting in the press box, looking down at his offense and his defense. I was looking down at you like that, my son and my daughter, saying, "Look at him. Look at her. They don't think they're gonna make it." But I told them, I know the beginning. And the, I know the beginning and the end. I told them the plans that I have for them are plans of good plans to give them a hope in the future. But look, they don't even believe me. But if you just hold on, my son, if you just hold on, my daughter, I trust you. I take you where you want to go. I give you the desires of your heart. And um, like I said, man, just... Man, don't give up. Have faith, man. Have faith. Hey, man, have faith. Like... You need it. possible impossible to live in this world, man, without faith, bro. Don't give up. Don't give in. Surround yourself around positive people, and believe that this too shall pass.
0: So, where, where can the people find Artist Brown? You know, for inspiration, if they want to book you for motivational speaking, uh, where can the people
2: find you? Uh, you can find me on IG at artists underscore brown underscore junior. Same thing on Facebook, artist underscore brown underscore junior. And um, my email is number one at yahoo.com and those are the ways you can get in touch with me. I'm here. Uh, I've been traveling to different places. Uh, I actually went back to the prison that I was at twice and spoke to the inmates there. Uh, I do speaking down at TGK, uh, jailhouse in Miami, been to different boys and girls clubs. I'm here, man. I just want to just let people know, man. I don't care how hard it get, it's a way. And again, go on your quiet place. Go on your quiet place, but just do it alone. Total silence. And ask yourself, is my will to give up more important than my will to keep going? You may have kids depending on you, a wife depending on you. I don't care who it is. Because I done been in a situation soon as you quit, as soon as you give up, bam, God bless you and say, look, only if you would have waited a little longer. Only if you would have waited a little longer. And now you, there's no telling how long you have to wait again to receive that blessing because you gave up. And giving up only puts you that far farther from your goal, from your dreams, from your visions. So man, if you gotta cry, <laughs> if you gotta lay down on your back, whatever it is, because the word of God says too, man, he responds quickly when we cry out to him. He responds faster when we cry out to him. Because he know the hands on our head. He know what we think it before we think it. So he knows what's going on But all he want us to do Is just cry out to him And I left out one thing too man I, I apologize But I left out one thing that I know That is very critical For us to receive the blessings For whatever it is we pray for You gotta fast man You have to fast Pray Fast And have faith
0: this concludes episode 12 of The Process. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and to like us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Thank you. And they're chanting, trust the process. Trust the process. Trust the process.
1: I think the main thing for me was trying to decide on who am I and like what I want to be. how I want to be remembered. Like, that was my thing. You know, oftentimes I think about, like, my legacy and, like, the mark that I want to leave, not only on the industry, but the effect that I want to leave on people. Being a whole human being, going through my obstacles, going through the things that I'm going through, and not to only broadcast these things, but for it to inspire change.